0: Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now here's your host, Tom Singer. This is Making Waves at Sea Level the podcast for those who like to shake things up in business and are focused on growth and success. This episode is produced in partnership with the Austin Technology Council. ATC is a 30-year-old association that is focused on promoting and facilitating the growth of technology companies in Central Texas. Over the past three decades, the business ecosystem of Austin has changed, and ATC is changing too. Learn more at austentechnologycouncil.org. My name is Tom Singer, and I have hosted this podcast now for almost eight years and over 730 episodes. I'm also the new CEO at the Austin Technology Council, and while this podcast is not just focused on the Austin area, in the coming months, I'm interviewing some very interesting people from the Austin Technology Council community so that we can find out how they're growing and their businesses and shaking things up. And today, let me welcome to the show, Min Cho and Angel Sang from So Chinese Delivery. Now you're thinking, wait a minute, Tom, you're interviewing tech companies. What do you mean, Chinese delivery? So why don't you guys tell us a little bit about how a Chinese food delivery restaurant is actually a tech company?
1: Well, Tom, first, uh, I'd like to say thanks for having myself and uh, my co-founder partner, Angel, here. Uh, Really honored to be here, and thank you. Um yeah so you know the story goes that um you know back in 2015 uh we my wife and I had several restaurant concepts at that point and um our favorite restaurant was the very first restaurant we opened back in 2007 which was a hole in the wall mom and pop chinese restaurant out in west Austin but everything was manual and analog we did everything using our brain our fingers and the phone and today Um, Well, fast forward 10 years from then, and I had the special privilege and luxury of knowing Angel and and a couple of other friends, and we realized that the thing that we did best was sell Chinese food, and we sold a lot of volume, and we did it quickly. But in today's world, in order to stay ahead of the pace, you really have to implement technology, and that part I didn't know. I have an appreciation and an affinity towards technology, but... Can I build code? Can I build websites and an e-commerce platform? Absolutely not. And again, I was lucky enough to know Angel, and um, to be honest, I didn't even know how much talent he had. But um, luckily, I guessed right, and yeah. uh, Angel has been a huge, huge part, a very, very important part of this business. And so, what that's what we did: we married our technology program uh, platform with our. desire to sell really good Chinese food. And so, um, as mentioned, you know, we're often looked at as being the dominoes of Chinese food today.
0: Nice. All right. For those of you who aren't familiar with Min and Angel, they are the co-founders of So Chinese Delivery. And Min is kind of the, the restaurateur, the leadership and entrepreneurship person behind this. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to make Americans see Chinese food differently. Hey, it's not just greasy food or hangover food, but he wants to show everybody what Chinese food can really be and bring Chinese food to people in a new way. And they have blended food and tech. Angel actually brings the uh, innovation to the team with his background in technology, and he actually is the person who's behind building their entire e-commerce platform. So tell me, guys, why didn't you just use off-the-shelf e-commerce platforms?
2: So we were. We were totally going to do it. Uh, I think when Min asked me to like come up with a solution, I was like, there's got to be some software that exists out there that you just sign up, you pay your monthly subscription and we move on, right? Like we were just thinking this is pretty simple restaurant concept. So, uh, and, and, and just to be clear, the restaurant concept is we are, um, you know, making Chinese delicious Chinese food, um, for 100% delivery or takeout. So no dine-in, no expensive brick and mortar. Um, and so, You know, I was like, let's go get a website, like a Squarespace or a WordPress site, slap on an e-commerce plugin uh, and call it a day. Um, You know, and I started doing some research, talking to men about how do you run a delivery restaurant and found out that in 2015, is 2015, 2016 is right, right around right around when we were trying to figure this stuff out. Realized that it actually I think we were a little early. Uh you know, this is before COVID. Um, and so there weren't really any on-demand e-commerce platforms. Sure, there was a WordPress woo uh WooCommerce plugin combo, which is still pretty hacky. Um, uh, and sure there was like Squarespace or even if you had a square POS, you could slap on a little plug in there. Um, but I had, you know, a lot, a long history with e-commerce starting with a, co- a company here in Austin called Bizarre Voice, um, in, in the early 2010s and I understood what it would take to be an excellent e-commerce company because at the end of the day we're selling chinese food online and that's e-commerce that's just selling product online the main huge difference is we're not packaging our chinese food in a ups box shipping it to you two days later so like logistics was a huge huge deal like seconds matter and a shopify website just wasn't gonna cut it (laughs) when it came to seconds matter when it comes to orders getting the orders to the front door, period. So we accidentally became an innovative restaurant technology company because it was out of need. It was simply like, if I need to do what I just described, nothing was out there. And so we ended up building it all on our own.
0: So in addition to your unique technology, you also have some other just basic business uh, decisions that you've made, like, uh, you know, No tipping and free delivery for everybody. Why why did you make these decisions? Um, I'll I'll take that one. You know,
1: when we've had our restaurant concepts in the past and we offer delivery, we always notice that there's this awkward moment when you're trying to accept uh, tips or even as a consumer, when you're trying to tip someone, you know, how good was the service? Am I justified in paying this tip or not? And it occurred to me that a more simple and profound business model would be inclusive of all that. No one likes being nickel and dined for additional fees and an obligatory tip, right, which is already an oxymoron as it is. Um, and so from day one, when we all got together and we put on our thinking hats and we said, hey, guys, one of the things that I would like for us to really do is to think of a model where the delivery is included, The tip, there is a no-tipping policy. And it's for a number of reasons. One is that relationship aspect. But two, we knew, like Angel said, seconds matter. And the idea that you can just drop off food. So we were always intending to be a contactless model anyway. Uh, but the idea that you could just drop off food and go on about your way without having someone to sign anything or receiving a cash tip, those minutes matter and they add up significantly towards um, the the amount of volume and turnover we can get. Um, And then there's also the historic aspect of that. We won't really get into it today, but let's just say that the tipping culture is often considered a toxic culture. And uh, that's something that we didn't want to build into the work culture at So. that this idea that what you see is what you get. We're not going to nickel and dime you for anything else, and you're going to be happy with the product and the service. And the business side, the financials—that's up to us. That's not the customer's problem. Um, so we need to make sure that our pricing is done right, that our overhead and our operations are established right, so that we can be we can remain profitable.
0: So on the tech side, you've also made you know distinct choices in, in how you've built the tech. Anything special you can share about sort of what you've done on the on the tech side that is unique?
2: I don't know if it's unique. Uh, I, I, you know, I think we're a product of our era. Um, you know, I think if you started in 2008, then we would have built it in Java, and if we started in uh, 2013, we would have started with an Angular framework, and uh, in 2016, um, it was super new, but you know, uh, our React and Node uh, JavaScript platform seem to make a lot of sense and so we're still using that today uh, and uh you know because it's very friendly for mobile usage and um my experience with e-commerce in the past has led me to believe that yeah you, we need to we need to design it mobile first uh to to make sure that we're capturing uh, the majority of our more mobile customers and making that experience super seamless and so you know i think it's easy to say that now, 2022, but, you know, even still in 2015, 2016, uh, you know, we were still kind of, it, it wasn't, not everybody was thinking mobile first.
0: Well, uh, that's kind of what I was thinking as you, as you said that. I thought, and, wow, you were really ahead of the time. Mobile first is is a term we hear all the time for all types of businesses that you got to yeah. be thinking that way. But what caused you to get there that yeah. far in advance of, of the trends?
2: You know, uh, I, I spent... a tiny little bit of time on the mobile team at Bizarre Voice in like 2010. And I think I got indoctrinated into our mantra back then. It was like literally like a four person team. That's how, I mean, that's how bad mobile was back in 2010, right? The iPhone had just come out in 2007. So that's how young browsing on the internet on mobile really was. Right. And, um, the whole time we're, we're, we're a 4 person 5 person team in a thousand person company trying to extol the virtues of designing for mobile. And so I had already been drinking the Kool-Aid back then. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I knew that that's where we were headed. Um, and then not only that, I think we also skipped the, uh, one, a big mistake that a lot of people make, which is if you're starting a brand new company, brand new everything, zero customers, right? Uh, we 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 focused on the website and not uh, an iOS app and an Android app. Because namely, I, I know how expensive it is to build a really good iOS app plus a really good Android app. And I've built hybrid apps that serve both platforms and those kind of suck after a while, Uh, it's a huge pain in the butt. Um, But not only that, like if you think about your customer base, when you're um, wanting Chinese food and it's very impulsive, uh, when you realize that you have to go download an app on your phone, that's a huge friction point. Um, And so there's one thing that everyone has on their mobile phones, and on the computers. It's a browser. And I mean, we're also a product of our, you know, uh, of where, what year we live in. And in 2015, 2016, I think iPhones and Android phones were plenty powerful enough mm-hmm. to serve up a clean, simple e-commerce design really quickly. And, uh, as long as the UI, uh, was good, then we, uh, Uh, You know, I I think that was a huge decision for us. A really good decision for us to focus only on mobile and not build iOS. Now, that being said, we totally have plans to build an iOS and Android app. Eventually, I think it's for sure. Like our hardcore users, our our uh, you know most valuable customers would love to have that live on their desktop, and we can bring in things like push notifications and uh, other niceties that come with native apps. But, uh, you know, for the most part, we still focus on our mobile web. Um, and I think that's been serving our customers very well.
0: So when I think about Chinese food delivery, the first thing that does not come to mind is having a six-person development team in Ukraine. So how do you end up as a food company that in turn has this whole development international team?
1: Well, let me, this is Min, let me first start by saying that going back to the point that Angel made, which was he was going to hack together Shopify with some sort of other widget and make it work. And he, keeping in mind that I'm also mostly wearing the financial hat in this business, um, the budget was $35,000 at the time. And I was like, okay, we can make that happen. And then as he discovered that it was much more difficult uh, to do what, we needed the vision that was required for this, uh, model. It was almost overnight. He then told me, Hey, the budget is now $350,000 <laughs> and then <laughs> that went to why. And then we ended up, and then that's how, uh, Angel discovered, uh, or found his, um, his team in Ukraine.
2: So. Yeah. I mean, we're building something for nothing. Right. Um, like, if you were a normal restaurant with chairs and tables, you would have gotten like a Square Point of Sale or a Toast or a Clover um, or a multitude of many, 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 many other software suites that serve um, in house brick and mortar restaurants. But we weren't that. We're really when it, when we are distilled down to very. very fundamentals we are an e-commerce company and our primary product is chinese food and we also run our own factory and the factory is the kitchen right and and so we're closer to tesla than anything else really because it's we're vertically integrated like we're producing the product and running the the technology that uh building the technology that everything runs upon all the way to you know from it goes from ingredient to your front door to your mouth like and it's all 100 owned by us uh, every decision that we make at of software from a software perspective like we've made and we've tweaked that uh, and so yeah i mean i i love that we own our own software platform because as an entrepreneur as someone who owns the business and makes business decisions we can make very clean business decisions. Uh, what that means is what I say goes. What I want, I get. Do I, I don't have to beg. I hate begging third-party software companies for features because uh, you know it never really happens, right? And so <laughs> now I think it, I do it. And awesome. so it, it's the power of having full control over what you want to do and actually executing on that, that, you know, like makes things
0: awesome. So a line that gets thrown around a lot is that, hey, in 2022, all companies are tech companies, but you guys are really a living example of this. I love how you said that, you know, you're, you're more closely related to Tesla in the fact that you're all, you know, completely integrated with with everything in there. Uh, what else comes out of being this? I mean, people must look at you like, What? You know, how, how, how is, a, is a Chinese delivery company this, this much of a tech company? What, what are some of the things you hear from people ar- around town and beyond?
1: I'll add a little bit of um, the cultural component, too, which is that, again, historically, there's been a lot of negative connotation around Chinese food um, here in America. And, and I think we're changing that narrative a lot. By having clean technology, a very seamless website, mobile app, um, by having company-owned cars with really good branding, by having our own fleet of drivers, and we're not contracting or 1099 drivers, um, by having living wages, uh, fair wages, um, no tipping policy, free delivery. Um, Everything is designed to be a simple, seamless relationship, and and it shows in our food as well. You know, the food is, and I'm clearly biased, but I believe the food is very good. Uh, we have very good reviews on all the websites, and, and this is all part of the culture that's being built with the company. You know, I think we often look at... Restaurants like Chick Fil A of having a great work culture and employee culture, and and so we do we benchmark a lot of uh, other companies that we feel are well respected and have a great reputation, and we try to do everything we can to uh, to meet those minimum standards. And so, um, so yeah, at least from a non technology part, um, changing the way America thinks about Chinese food has been a big big uh, component of what I do. Um, and a big part of that is the technology aspect and so again um this is where angel really really has an important part in the in the business
0: so
2: I mean we drew a lot of inspiration from a lot of d to c brands you know like warby Parker bonobos um like basically i, I think there's room for a lot of products across every industry for this for this model right i uh, casper is another one right um and we we pretty much viewed it very similarly uh it's just that i think in the restaurant industry uh, in particular prior to covid was very slow to come around to you know uh, really addressing a lot of the modernization that we're doing um and so um and then there's a lot of restaurants that aren't really recognized as leaders, but they really should be. But like I think Domino's, despite what you might think of their food, um, took some pretty aggressive risks, I would say, technologically speaking, into doing, uh, you know, what they've been doing for the past at least in the 2010s. This past 10 years uh, have really amped up, you know, their position in the market uh, as a technological leader in the pizza industry, at least. And so, you know, they've, they've converted from what used to be a hundred percent phone sales when it came to like, uh, um, offsite order placement, uh, like in the eighties and nineties, uh, to what I think I, I I forgot the number. It was like something like over 60% now are online orders. I and mean, that's an incredible, that's a, that's a pretty incredible story. Um, to, for a business to, to make that change. And I think we've taken a lot of inspiration from that.
0: So where all do you serve now? And, and what are the future plans of, of the company? Where where can people get uh, so delivery right now?
1: Uh, our very first store was a, a retrofit of a old pizza joint um, in central Austin. Uh, that's at I-35 and 38th Street by the Fiesta Shopping Center. And we In 2019, we opened up our second location at 183 and MOPAC, serving the Northwest Austin area. Um, in November of last year, we opened up our what we're calling our flagship location. It has all of our new design and uh, new workflows to streamline our operations even further. And that's at South Congress and Old Dorf. Um This might be the first time we're announcing officially, I guess, or I love that. I love, I love announcements on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, we do have a round rock location coming up. Um, that one is set to open at the end of the year. Uh, that'll be at, uh, it, it's, it's at I 35 near Chandler or 3406. Um, and right now we are aggressively pursuing a Cedar park in Southwest Austin location as well. And, with the potential for the Wells Branch of Pflugerville also. God, I wish, you had,
0: I wish you had a Southwest Austin location right now because I am so hungry listening to you guys talk about your company. Yeah, it's worth. It's also worth
2: noting that we are still in the middle of our seed round uh, for, um, to, to raise the money and the capital to fully finish out the rest of Austin. Nice,
0: nice. All right, so one more thing I wanted to touch on and then I wanted to switch gears a little bit and that was, uh, man, you mentioned the fact that you own all your cars and you employ all your drivers. Why in the heck not use Uber Eats or DoorDash? I mean, that's what I would say.
1: Well, I don't think this podcast is quite long enough to really go through (laughs) that, but I I would say um, I don't know anyone that truly loves third-party delivery. The restaurant's Definitely don't. Most restaurants don't love the relationship, primarily because those third-party companies take somewhere between twenty-eight to thirty-three, usually around thirty percent, right off the top. And then you've got the delivery fees on top of that, and then again the obligatory tip. From the consumer side, what might have originally been a fifteen or twenty-dollar food order, all of a sudden now is thirty or thirty-five dollars. So you think about all the money that goes in towards the convenience aspect of it, right? So a $20 meal has turned into $35 after delivery and tips and the restaurant on that $20 meal has given up $6 out of that $20 to provide that convenience to the customer. So there's a lot of money being given to the quote unquote middleman in this transaction. And so we eliminated that. That makes sense. It's not necessary Um, And in fact, and then there's no quality control too, right? Who knows who's delivering that food? There's been, there was a statistic that came out just a couple of years ago that said one in four of third-party delivery drivers have, has eaten your food.
0: Oh God. Yeah. And that's 20% (laughs) 20%, One in four. That's a lot. I'm going to start
1: counting my fries. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And that's because there's no accountability. There's very little control on that. And so, uh, we are control freaks. We, we admit it. We're control freaks, but we think that that lends towards better quality and better service. And so we're proudly control freaks. Um, and, 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 and so, yeah, that's what we do. Um, so no third-party relationships anywhere. Um, and, and I, and the benefit of, of all this is that it's clear that our employees also appreciate it sure. right? because, they don't have to provide their own vehicles and, and all these other services. We provide the vehicles, the insurance, the health insurance, the, the affordable, the livable wages, et cetera. And so um, our workers get to work in a stress-free environment.
2: We've got a lot of drivers who don't even own a car. They'll nice. walk to work or take a bus to work. And, um, you know, so it definitely provides a lot of opportunity um, to people who aren't willing to, you know, even own a car.
0: So I know you guys are, are, are wrapping up your seed round. So I know a lot of this you probably can't talk about, but I have to ask the question. So is the long-term play national domination of all delivery for Chinese food, or is it a national play with your technology to go to everybody else out there who does delivery or both?
1: Uh, the number of times we've been asked to uh, license our software uh, to some other sandwich business or noodle business or whatnot, Uh, It has definitely gotten us thinking about uh, providing some sort of white label service or something like that down the road. But today, um, our plan is to stick to Chinese food. Um, There is, I don't know if you know this, Tom, but the the Chinese food industry is bigger than the entire fast food industry combined. Wow. But there's a net decline in Chinese foods in America today because... The, the majority of all the Chinese restaurants in America today are owned by our immigrant parents mm-hmm. who open these restaurants to provide an ends to me, you know, to make me uh, ends meet so that their families can, or their children can go on to college and have professional careers. And so they're closing the restaurants They're not passing down the restaurants to their children. Um, and so, but there's this massive demand for Chinese food in America um, during the last two years, Chinese food has overtaken pizza and has become the number one takeout and delivered food in America, and yet no one is doing what we're doing and so there is a huge addressable market. Um, we're starting here in Austin, but we're going to Dallas next, and yes, the answer to your question is we plan on overtaking and <laughs> and uh, world domination um, eventually. At some point, we also understand that there's a lot of value in the software aspect of what we do. And so, um, I mean, I know Angel is like rubbing his hands and he can't wait until that we make that decision one day when we say, okay, it's time to develop our, our licensing software.
0: Nice. All right. Well, I wouldn't be fair to, to not go here before, before we end because we are co-produced with the Austin Technology Council. So, you're starting your company in Austin. What makes Austin so great for tech companies? And for Chinese delivery,
2: I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I've I was in the tech community since ever since I got here in Austin for the past twenty years, and uh, I made some really amazing friends and mentors along the way, uh, and so you know the some of my happiest times were with my teams at software companies, um, and so they're the talent, but also the people that live here are are awesome it's a foodie town too uh I, I, you know I, I'd like to say that I was a foodie'm a foodie um in and and the food here is also really great uh and I think people here recognize that and and appreciate that uh, we could certainly have more Chinese food in austin that's definitely one of the things that we Noticed there weren't too many um, Asian restaurants here. And so and, and there's
0: not a lot of great better. there's not a lot of great Chinese food. So I'm I'm looking forward to your southwest Austin location.
2: <laughs> it's getting better as we expand, it's getting better. Um, and so and and also, you know, like I think everybody knows this. Austin's growing. Austin's growing like crazy, right? And uh, so it's you know, I the the one thing that's constant is change. And so I'm not complaining about it. And I think it's always changed ever since I got here in 2003. 2003 uh, and has been minced in here even longer. So uh, that's, that's, you
1: know, that's life, man. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I would add to that, um, I, and I, I, would, I would echo what Angel said, but the only thing I would add is that the restaurant industry, having primarily a lot of restaurant experience, for the most part, they're very family-oriented here in Austin. Um, The restaurants are very supportive of each other. And then having met Angel and him, you know, having relationships with his friends, I find that the technology industry is also like that. Mm -hmm. There's so much support from Austin Technology Council. We're getting a lot of support from the restaurant associations. Um, And so we have the the privilege of living in both of those worlds. Um, And I don't think... There are a lot of cities in in America where we get to actually have our cake and and, and eat it too. Like this is we're we're very fortunate to be born here in Austin, um, and this is why our growth model is let's let's finish growing in Austin first before we really start scaling out in nice. other cities.
0: Nice. Well, thank you both Angel and men for being here on making waves at sea level. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. Hey, thanks to our sponsor who makes this podcast possible. That's Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of starting your own podcast. If you want to find more, go to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this podcast. And then please subscribe to the show on Apple, on Spotify, or heck, wherever you get your podcast joy. And go out there and make waves in business and have some fun along the way. And whatever it is you do, find a way to personally impact the people you encounter today. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger.